0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
2: There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. Hi, welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson and I'm your host. Today is February 21st, 2012. And today we have, I think, a really exciting show. Um let me just get this here. We have on, I'm going to bring her on in just a minute. I'm going to introduce her. Her name is Donna Cornett, and she is the founder and director of Drink Link moderate drinking programs, and her website is drinklinkmoderation.com, and she has written four books, Seven Weeks to Safe Social Drinking, Beat Binge Drinking for probably young people, and Moderate Drinking Naturally, and then she has another book, Moderate Drinking Made Easy Workbook. And um, I... You know, her I'm gonna just bring her on, we can talk about it, but I'm most excited to hear about moderation and talking to young people and uh so let me just bring Donna on. I think this is Donna. Hi.
1: Monica. Hi. Yeah, hi.
2: hi, Donna, how are you?
1: I'm great, how are you?
2: I'm really good, you know, right on LA and getting back here to do this show with you that I'm really excited to do. Great. Yeah. So, um, I'm really passionate about educating everybody on the alternatives. I don't even want to call it that, but the other choices besides uh-huh. 12-step choices. And so when I heard you on Kenny Anderson's um, show a couple weeks ago, I was very excited. And um, maybe, you know, I know a little more about you, but our listeners maybe are going to hear you for the first time. So how long have you been working on um, moderate drinking programs.
1: Oh, this started back in the early 80s. I was drinking too much. Mhm. Mm. And I was uh in my early 30s and mm-hmm. I was drinking too much and at that time, Monica, uh I started thinking uh, the there there was a growing concern on my part. Because I didn't have any alcohol-related problems, and mm-hmm. I was very health-conscious. I worked right. out. I, I was very careful about my diet. You know, I was a, led a very healthy lifestyle. But right. I, was fi- I was finding that I was drinking one extra glass of wine every night. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, you know, this is not good.
3: <laughs> right. I don't
1: want to do this. <laughs> right. And I thought I was developing a problem. Mm-hmm. and uh i didn't want to have a problem with this because i worried about it, it right, and it right. it affected my attitude you know mm-hmm. and uh it's uh, so it bothered me and at at that time in the united states in the early 1980s mm-hmm. the only choices as we know were to stop altogether and join aa or right. continue mm-hmm. drinking <laughs> yeah and, and i no, thought yeah. mm-hmm. go go ahead
2: well, what I was going to jump in and say, is that's when um, they agreed to pay. The beginning of treatment becoming a business um, became very big, so it was a huge push and a huge growth for 12-step, especially AA. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. NA wrote their book a few years later, so I could see that it was all or nothing. So, okay, did mm-hmm. you wind up going to meetings?
1: I went to a couple of meetings because mm-hmm. I thought, well, you know, let, let's check this out. I mean, this mm-hmm. is my only thing that I have here, you know. Right. And, and and so I went to a couple of meetings, and, you know, I have a master's degree in psychology, so I'm oh. all for support groups and, and talking about your troubles and getting right. it off your chest and stuff like that. Right. And, and And I went, and I thought it was, you know, it was a great thing. But I didn't know if I could really relate to it because, again, I didn't have any kind of serious problems, mm-hmm. and with alcohol, uh, I, I, w- I was concerned about my my alcohol consumption. But I wasn't having any health problems or relationship problems. Nobody ever told me, "Hey, you better settle down on on the drinking," or or right. something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and so I thought to myself, you know, this is kind of overkill for me. Right. And and I thought to myself, why? Why can't I learn how to drink in a way that I could manage my drinking a little bit better, and I could drink less, and I would not have this problem? Instead of just you know saying I'm not never going to have a drink in my the, for the rest of my life,
2: mm-hmm. it just seemed
1: like overkill to me at that time.
2: Right, right, yeah, especially that you were just drinking one extra glass. Uh, yeah, I, w- right. I would
1: have two two or three glasses and some nights i would have four glasses of wine and i thought this is not this is not a healthy thing to do long term especially mm-hmm. you, you know you, you can develop health problems and and have all kinds of problems right and and, and so um uh th- so i did go to a couple of aa meetings and and i'm a you know i I'm, I'm an aa believer because i think some people really thrive in aa and and it's the only only thing that will help them you know and mm-hmm. but but i just didn't feel that passionate about about it because again the the problem wasn't that serious and and when you we're looking back on it when you consider that In this country, that all the emphasis practically goes to alcoholics and stopping drinking and Mm -hmm. never Mm -hmm. drink again. And the real problem lies with. Problem drinkers in this country, which are who are different from alcoholics,
2: right? And right. and
1: and problem drinkers outnumber alcoholics four mm-hmm. to one in this country. I think the emphasis should be on targeting mm. the problem drinkers. Problem drinkers are are people who can still do something about their drinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and they're not experiencing super serious problems yet, but they have. A problem, you know? And so I think.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah.
1: The focus Mm. should be on problem drinkers who we can still get to in time before they. Uh, have to live through years of alcohol abuse, you know, and and all the problems associated with alcohol abuse for years and years and years before they finally graduate to alcoholism and have to stop drinking altogether.
2: Right, right. But you know what they're doing right now? I mean, even when I think about myself, although I I stopped because I wanted to stop, and I actually wanted to stop completely when I did. I was very young. But they're they're labeling young people as alcoholics Mm. and addicts when they're not and there's a lot of that going on and and even in all this work since I've been doing these shows it's sort of been an, I've been sort of evolving as I left AA last mm. spring thinking about people trying to convince me as I stayed sober and my life was getting worse in AA because I was being sexually preyed on mm. that looking back you know 30 something years that they would say, well, you know, did you ever have blackouts? And I said, well, yeah. And they said, you see, that's, those are the later stages of alcoholism. Yeah. And so even though, yeah. you're, you know, you wanted to stop on your own, Monica, and you did, you have alcoholism. And I was like, really? And I would get more depressed. And mm. so, you know, the, I love, I've never heard anybody put it this way that you just did, that we have problem drinkers. Um, and so I want to. I want to tell everybody we're talking to, Donna Cornett, and she has a website called DrinkLinkModeration.com. You can call her. You can call. Let me say you can call in. We're going to talk for a little while longer, maybe 10 or 15 minutes, and then we're going to take calls. And the number to call in for us today, right now, to speak to Donna and myself would be 818-475-9211, 818-475-9211. So now, how did you go from... You know, you go into these meetings and you realize you didn't fit to writing these wonderful books and creating a program. What was the next step twenty something years ago that you took?
1: Uh, so, so yeah, uh, I kind of explored my options here, and that that didn't take long because it was AA or and stop drinking. And I had a, a fortuitous meeting. I was in Europe and I was in London. And at, at this time when I was concerned about my drinking and kind of exploring, you know, what could I do? Mm-hmm. And I, again, I have a master's degree in psychology, and so I thought, wow, this is a really important area that if somebody could could teach drinkers how to drink responsibly instead of just uh, throwing a beer at them when they're 16 years old and say, kid, go at it.
0: Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, <laughs> with, mm-hmm.
1: without any without any kind of uh uh, uh guidance, you know. Right. Uh, and so so uh, young people's drinking is left up to chance and then they get into all kinds of problems. Right. Um I, I had a fortuitous meeting in London with this fellow who was the director of a a moderate drinking program
2: mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. London back in the 80s
1: back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. It it is no longer in operation. It is now mm-hmm. defunct. But uh it uh I was astonished that there was such a thing. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. a moderate drinking program. Right, right. It, and so it it was it was just like serendipity. I mean, you know, here I was searching for for my answer, the answer to my drinking uh problem or issue or whatever you want to call it and i meet this guy i happened to meet this guy who is the director of the moderate drinking program in london and so i talked to him for a while and i thought this is really interesting and then when i got back home i um started looking into it and i discovered that not only england had moderate drinking programs but uh several other countries did too mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. it was it was an acceptable alternative over right. in europe you right, know right. Ver- versus the united states where where it was not an acceptable alternative. You were crazy mm-hmm. if you thought, you know, mm-hmm. anybody who has In this country, it is considered anybody who has a drinking problem, in quotes, must be an alcoholic. Mm. And and to classify anyone with a drinking problem as an alcoholic is just a huge mistake, I think. Right, it's, right, just, right. It's just, you're just We're going to change that,
2: Donna. We're going to change that. You I and me and so. a coalition <laughs> of... Other people, yeah, I mean, I think it's terrible to lay it on young people and even laying it on um, someone who might get pulled over the first time um that's and it, and we see that it doesn't work, uh so I agree, I think that it was fortuitous or whatever the word is for you and I to meet and to uh, maybe work together. Um, yeah. I just um took my first ad out for smart recovery um to promote you know that kind of empowered. You know, approached through a high school. You know, and I just took an ad out, and Great. Mark gave me some stuff, and I think that um, together we are. You know, we want to just raise, yeah. just change this kind of thinking. It's really like 1950s, never mind 1930s. You know, it's really you know the bar. I, I
1: I think that this is a really good word that you use. We want to empower people. We don't want to make them feel like hopeless victims. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 is one thing that I didn't care for when I went to AA. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like a hopeless victim. Right. You know, I I don't like this. This, no. this didn't no, feel no, good no. to me. And, and so what happened, I came back home here, and, and this moderate drinking program over in England was just a very basic thing. They just handed out a little pamphlet that said, well, pace your drinking and watch your portions. It was a very basic, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. you know, sort
1: of thing. But when I got back home here, I do have a master's degree in psychology, so I'm right. into behavior change and how right. to and how to change behavior. So I just really fleshed it out, and and so I took some basic some basic guidelines from them, and I developed this seven week program mm-hmm. um, about mm-hmm. how to manage your drinking better so you wouldn't have these problems so you wouldn't graduate to alcoholism and, right, and right. That's, how, that's how the program came about and that's how all the books came about too
2: so which um... okay maybe we could start with and like i could see how we could probably have you on two times you know that maybe we can't cover it all today which i would <laughs> gladly do <There's a> <laughs> and if you were to say so the first uh, i'm going to just tell everybody who just there's people in the chat room so there's people in there I'm going to just say hi to some of the chatters. There's Gunther, there's Persephone, there's Sal, there's Sue, and Amy Lee Coy just jumped in. Hi there, everybody. Um, Amy Lee Coy has a book from Death Do I Part, and uh, she uh, was in and out for 20 years and finally developed a sort of self-caring, loving way to heal and, uh-huh. is, and you know chose abstinence and, and is, and she's become a good friend of mine. Um, we have another blogger, Gunther, who I got to know really well, who sort of designed his own plan after being in and out of AA for 18 years, never having more than six months of, t- you know, absence put together, and now it's celebrated five years. And um, the rest are all ex-AAers in there. Hi, everybody. So we're listening to uh, Donna Cornet and she has developed this program, DrinkLinkModeration.com, um, and it's about uh, the seven weeks to safe social drinking. And I think that as a parent, who myself I have you know a 21 year old, a 17 year old, that this really could help parents to not lay the AA trip on their kid, which unfortunately I did to my first son, and it was. It was bad. And then luckily for me, you know, the blinders got peeled off and the pink sunglasses got taken away, and I got to see AA for what it was and started to change my the words that I used and my belief system by reading Stanton Peel's book, How to Addiction Proof Your Child, and all the books that, in fact, these bloggers, The Truth About uh, Addiction and Recovery and uh, Albert Ellis' book, And so I'm really excited to, you know, see what you have and and see what you have to offer in a very um, personal way, you know. And now my son is actually doing really well and drinking really moderately, proving the AA lie is a lie.
1: Yeah, I I think to, to introduce AA concepts to kids that are so young it, it, I don't know how well it would work. You know, um, yeah, uh, that's yeah. why I wrote. That's why I wrote "Beat Binge Drinking,"
2: which yeah. is aimed,
1: which is aimed at a young audience, because I looked around and all of the, all of the books that were written, are written about binge drinking and teenagers, which is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're all they're all written for an audience of the for parents and for teachers and for and for treatment professionals who who treat kids, you know, in for alcohol problems. Mm-hmm. There there wasn't one book that uh that talked to the teenager or the young person directly and said, "I'm talking to you and and mm-hmm. I get you." And I mm-hmm. get you, you know mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. I know that you, I know that you're you you feel very adventuresome at this time in your life right and, and you're into experimentation at this time mm-hmm. in your life, and mm-hmm. so we kind of go with that flow because you i I try to get into the mentality of what a young person thinks like. <laughs> I remembered way back when That's and i right. talked and I talked to a lot of young people too so so it's you know I, I just wanted to get their mindset and and really introduce some of the things that you know that i've been talking about for years and and put it in into a, a, an approach that they could appreciate and understand and dig mm hmm. Mm.
2: well that i'm going to i'm going to get your books so i want to get the beat binge drinking because i'm going to do some outreach work with a high school locally and I think uh, I bought um, Ken Anderson's book, too, because it's a harm reduction book. And then the seven weeks to save social drinking. So from what I know, um, there are many people on the blogs that wound up in, you know, Orange Papers and stinking thinking, and now mine, you know, Leaving AA and there's Expose AA and different, all these actually ex-steppers that are out there blogging. And what I have found is there are a number of people, uh, a couple of them are young, that when they leave AA uh, decide that they are going to drink, that they're going, like, is this really true, you know, what they said, and are successfully have a plan, and they've shared it on the blogs, this moderation. So if you could encapsulate, you know, um, your, your program, uh, what would you say the first step if somebody comes to you? Uh, you what would you say to them? As far
1: uh, a young person or an ex-AA'er or whom?
2: <laughs> Either one. Uh, Either one. The,
1: well, let's start with okay. the young. Uh,
2: well, the people that we're dealing with are actually ex-AA members. So, someone who went to AA hated it and is young and yeah, and they're they're on your site, or, in, you know, what's the first they're, they're step in your book? Yeah, yeah they're yeah. interested. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, the first thing that I, I I'm very up front, and I say, let's talk about the issues you had when you were drinking heavily that, that you went to AA uh, initially for, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you were so concerned that you went to AA, and we talk about the problems that they were having, and if they were really serious problems like life-threatening problems Right. Or like like health problems or and and really serious problems, serious legal problems or or th- something like that. I say to them, you know, well, you know, do you think your life is going to improve if you start drinking again? <laughs> right, right. So, so I I, I want to get that off my chest right away because it's important. I never want to encourage moderate drinking for somebody who has such serious drinking problems that, that it's either going to kill them or that it's going to kill somebody else. You right, know, right. So, so we get that issue off the table immediately. And then if they say, you know, uh, and, and I also say, but if you know that you're going to drink again, no matter what, you know, right. if if you know that you're going to drink again, then you might try a moderate drinking program. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and and I turn away no one because I've talked to so many different people and so many different success stories have mm-hmm. happened. You know, and a lot of it boils down to a, a person's motivation. About like. how badly they want this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I never discount anyone. I never turn away anyone, and I like to be totally realistic with a person who calls me and says, "You know, I'm thinking about. I was I I've been in AA for five or ten years, and I'm thinking about drinking again." And 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 so I talk to them about. You know what led them to AA and why they think moderate drinking would be why they're considering it right now, and then we go over what what I do in in the program and and how the program works. Really. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Now I want to just tell all the people who are listening that um, there is a, a free, no obligation, fifteen minute phone coaching session. Uh, it looks like it's a fifty dollar value uh, your program seems uh, very affordable it doesn't i, d- I didn't see any twenty six thousand dollar a month <laughs>
1: <laughs> not here <laughs> not here <laughs>
2: no, no yeah i I
1: try to keep it affordable, you know, and because I want to reach as many people as i possibly can so we have a, if
2: I, oh i'm sorry go um yeah, yeah you were saying uh, we have a chatter that ask, is asking you a question um uh-huh. Just where where do you live and work? Um,
1: uh, I live in the beautiful wine country in Northern California.
2: <laughs> okay, so you live in Northern I live California. In
1: Sonoma, I, yeah, I live in Sonoma County in California, uh, surrounded by vineyards and lots of wine tasting places. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, it's so funny. Okay, let's see. Is there a certain type of person who you would not consider? Wait. Gunther is asking: Is there a certain type of person who you would consider to not be a good candidate for moderation?
1: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there are uh, people that call me, and in fact, a, a, a fellow not not too long not too long ago called me. He had had um, serious blackout. He was, he was in his uh he had been drinking all of his life he was middle aged he had uh serious blackouts he had serious health problems right his, his uh wife was on the they were on the verge of divorce um right. he was estranged from his family his daughters because of his drinking and he said and he said to me i can uh, i'll always remember this he said to me, I don't know why they want me to stop drinking, mm. you know. And yeah. I said, I don't think it's too pleasant to be around somebody who is, who, who is." They, they had to go and he had been hospitalized several times within the last year because of his drinking, you know, and, and uh, he had had DUIs. And so, you know, even though I may not come out and say it in plain English, you know, I, I say, you know, I don't know if this is the right thing for you to do. And, and I, I, I will go with the flow and, and hopefully the person will understand that maybe this isn't such a good idea, you know. Right, and, right. And, and I give them time to think on it, too, saying, is this the real, really the right right way to go for you, you know. Yeah, I, I, you know. So I, I I don't want to kill anybody with a moderate drinking program. That's for sure.
2: No, I think that um, I was interviewed by a woman who is writing a book about women and drinking in the United States, and um, you know, she was talking to women that, in fact, I think that she. I'm going to call her and tell her about you. But where women are just starting to drink too much wine. At Mm -hmm. night, like, she talked about this certain type of woman that was not ever going to go to AA. They were not. They were these really rich, you know, women that were in these big homes, and they had, well, you know, a lot of money, and they're finding themselves drinking too much wine, like, drinking the whole bottle and going, gee, like, what am I doing? And then the family's like, oh, you know, they just watched some show You know Hollywood loves to promote 12-step and act like it's the only you know hot dog stand on the block for the next 50 miles, and you know it it, it isn't. And they're like, then the family's like, well, you're an alcoholic. Like I was just thinking about, it was I think it's called Criminal Minds, Mm -hmm. and you know I was loving the show and I'm watching the show, and I thought to myself, you know these shows don't even show anybody getting drunk. These shows show women in suits in high places. And, and the reason I thought about it, I was watching another show called Portlandia, and they were show, a guy was sh- getting drunk. Like he was actually playing drunk, and he, you know, he was drinking with this old woman, and you know they had like eight or ten beers. And I thought, why is this so funny and so odd? And I thought, you know, that episode of Criminal Minds, they did this intervention with a woman who we never saw drink Hmm. You know, so, they,
1: they are, yeah, they're, so they're
2: depicting an alcoholic to be this high... Who do they want to reach and why?
0: Hmm. Like,
2: okay, so maybe she is drinking too much wine and maybe she is hiding it in her filing cabinet, but is AA going to help her?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, yeah. you know, and, and, and so I know I went off on a long tangent, but I think it all matters because if the media and our entertainment is saying... This is an alcoholic. I mean, they're not even leading up to it. I don't even see any drinking.
1: Even oh, in the character's
2: I, development. Uh,
1: uh, I think, especially when it comes to women, I, I think women are rarely portrayed in mm-hmm. in uh, as having uh, drinking problems. Very rarely, and uh, it's. I don't know. Maybe it's so deeply ingrained that a woman who drinks too much is. Is a, a slut and an alcohol and, and she's got to be an alcoholic and she's a bad mother and she you know she can't cook
3: <laughs> you know? she's, and she
1: burns she is, uh, the spaghetti you know, sauce. Well, a, 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 a problem a woman who has a problem with alcohol is so much worse. Than in this society, than the man who has a problem with alcohol, mm-hmm. you know, it, and mm-hmm. that it, it's just fascinating to me because I am writing a book about women and women's drinking and adapting the program for women mm-hmm. because because women drink for different reasons. They have drinking different drinking patterns than men. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. they drink uh, on play dates and they drink <laughs> on game nights and. <laughs> They drink after the kids are in bed, mm-hmm. you know, and it's much, much different uh, than than men. And, and so it, it's a really interesting question, and how they're portrayed in the media is uh, there. You just wouldn't, you would never imagine that women have drinking problems.
2: <laughs> yeah, we, we, my grandma drank in the kitchen. She was a great mm-hmm. cook, though. She was an excellent cook, but she was a kitchen drinker. Now we have a question here from a. Um, a a blogger, Sal. Now, Sal, don't you do you have a degree also in? Um, tell me what your degrees are. And I think he even worked in treatment. But um, he's, he's asking you: Does Miss Carnett believe that AA and the discipline of evidence-based psychotherapy often work at cross purposes?
1: At cross purposes. What does me? I, I don't understand what cross. purposes Sal,
2: do you do you mean that it doesn't work? <laughs> Are you asking if – no, I'm sorry. I know him. We've actually spoken on the phone, and he's called uh-huh. in um, many times. So um, let's see. Question from Amy Lee says, Donna fully supports AA for some people because she said it's the only thing that will help them. Why does she think that is true? Oh, there's another question coming in. Well, let, let's go back to Sal's question and see if, Sal, can you either call in um, at 818-475-9211 and ask the question um 818 475 9211 or can you restate it let me see does believe that aa and the discipline of evidence based psychotherapy so often work like they go against each other is that what you're meaning sounds? well
1: i i know that yes i I, I do mm-hmm. i do realize that the aa approach does not condone or they don't think it's a good idea for one to be in psychotherapy mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. when uh, when you're in AA, because basically we don't want to delve into the past and 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 blame our our poor drinking habits on on what happened to us when we were two, you know. And yeah. So so I do yes. understand that. By the way, an interesting point here is they, um, the the the. Uh, most successful uh, uh, research has shown that the most successful candidate for AA is the white middle-aged male mm-hmm. they are the they are the uh, person persons the people that mm-hmm. uh it's the AA the AA um philosophy clicks with the most and they're most and they're the most successful ones in stopping drinking with AA well, I
2: I want to say though that the two you know people close to me, one being my father and mm-hmm. my stepdad, who would fit that, both hated AA. Mm. Um, my dad read the book and really could have used because he was more of a um what did what did they call it when people were didn't drink all the time, so they were oh man that was kind that of a name. binge drinker. Well, no, there was another name for a periodic. They called it a periodic. And my stepfather, which was definitely a daily hard drinker, hated the whole sitting in groups and talking about their feelings, oh, yeah. and, you know, he was even a generation older than my dad. But we do have some callers, so let's see, let's take a call. We like to take sure. a question? Okay, let's take a question. So, hi, caller, can I have your name, please?
3: Hi, this is Sal. Am I on the air?
2: Hey, Sal, you're on the air live with myself and Donna. How you doing?
3: Great. It's uh, been a while. Hi, Monica. Hi, uh, Ms. Cornette. It's a pleasure. Hi.
2: Hi. So can you can you rephrase your question? Sure. Because we wanted uh, to uh, ask when I,
3: when I say this, my background, I have a master's in, in social work, LMSW, and I was a substance abuse counselor at one time in New York State. And uh, basically it seems the evidence-based practice of psychotherapists, which is uh, – which is ongoing and progressive and incorporates uh, new information constantly uh, as opposed to the 12 step approach which is not as social work one of the core values in social work is valuing the client or the person mm-hmm. and empowering that individual and in the, in the importance of human relationships and the 12 step program as you pointed out is Completely antagon the antithesis of that, stating that you're powerless and you must submit to a higher power and/or the group. And in most in most states, AA has been designated as a religion. So you have, like, in New York State, we have uh, two governing bodies that oversees. Uh, uh, psychotherapy and, and the licensing and of of uh, practitioners and in uh, and clinics, and then you have another governing body which licenses practitioners and and uh, facilities that treat substance abuse. And it seems to me that uh, the the discipline of psychotherapy is really abdicated responsibility there they're, uh, for substance abusers as though they've almost been ghettoized and and
1: oh and, you know yes. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you, and it's just—I think anyone, any kind of addiction these days, you know, we bow to the addiction, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and and uh, it's a—it uh, it take it takes precedence over uh, law, the legal mm-hmm. system. It takes mm-hmm. precedence over everything, and it well, this person has an addiction, so. You know they're they're not held accountable for any of their actions, you know, so yeah so I, think,
2: so I think that's bad, and they're doing it with sex now. I think this whole thing that's happened with some of our politicians and and sex and calling it an addiction is infuriating I mean it's really bad like you gotta be kidding me,
1: yeah, well. It, you know, I, I think that it's a phase we must be going through, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll
2: get over it. Well, so, thank you for calling in. Do you have another question? Thank questions? you. It's Okay, I'll put you on, I guess, on back on hold, okay? Okay. Thank you. All right. Now, let's see. We have another caller. Let's see who's here. Hi, caller. Can I have your first name, please?
4: Hello. My name is Sid, Sidney.
2: Oh, hi, Sydney. How you doing?
4: fine. Fine. Yes, um, I was listening to the conversation, and I've I've worked with many counselors. And from researching it for over a decade, alcohol is, is um, just like in the chat room. It's used as a form of social control. I mean, I notice when people try to kick it, it's like trying to kick a drug that's advertised everywhere, and there's practically no social event at nighttime that doesn't have alcohol there. It mm-hmm. always rears its head, and it's, it's like a, a fantasy, a fake uh, concern. Not everyone, but the majority have trying to cure it, because it comes from the societal acceptance. People oh, think yeah. it's okay to have this drug, which is so deadly and so Uh, You know, the people that only own it, that have so much money, they don't even call it a drug. They say drug and alcohol. Well, wait a second. From my research, the only drug that I found that when a person takes, they get violent on the drug, so the drug's effect can make them violent, is alcohol. Crack addicts, cocaine, heroin addicts that I've talked to, they'll get violent to get the money to get the drug. But once they're in the euphoric state of the drug, they are not violent at all. I mean, you can see this clearly with marijuana as well. Alcohol is the only drug. I mean, you can argue with PCP a little. It goes back and back. But alcohol, the proof, it's not me saying this, it's the proof. You can look at it, and it is perpetuated because it keeps people in fear of the raging alcoholics and saying, we need you to protect us. We need more laws, but never a law to... Restrict tightly, restrict alcohol. Never that law.
2: Do you have you um, the a question for for Donna about moderation?
4: Moderation of alcohol?
2: Yeah, of because moderation we,
4: of drinking alcohol.
2: Yeah, the moderate of people who want to drink moderately, rather than the you know it's all or nothing, which is definitely there is no
4: moderation. I tell people either you drink or you don't. So if you can drink a glass of wine a month or you can be an alcoholic, you still drink alcohol. You can drink a glass of wine only on Christmas. Yeah, She's like,
2: still drink. What, Let me, let me it, ask you this. Okay, I, I want to ask Sid a question. Sid, are you against any kind of alcohol consumption?
4: No, at no all? I'm definitely not against that. Definitely not against that.
2: Uh-huh. What
4: I'm against is a lying government and a lying establishment that tries to hide a deadly drug as if it's not. Now... All drugs, I do believe, should be legal, but it should be under close scrutiny. When you see the problem, then you're going to have to pull back on it. You're going to have to do – actually, alcohol, when you see the problems of it, people thinking people would be like, this cannot be legal. I'm not for making it illegal because I think that that will, you know, make it sell more. Education about it and giving people a choice. Look at what this has done to this man. He's homeless. He, he'll he buy a bottle before he buys food. Okay, kids, we'll learn about this. Okay, people. And then people will say, you know what, why would I ever want to drink that? But to oh. make it socially acceptable on one side, and then mm-hmm. say, okay, you got to quit it on the other side, these people who are on alcohol are confused.
2: Donna, were you going like to jump saying, in and say, hold, like hold saying, on Can we smoke Sid, a little crack? Sid, Sid,
1: Sid, be Sid, all right? Sid, hold well, on a second. Uh, uh, Donna, you want to uh,
2: say something? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, number one, I think um, it, you're right. It's socially acceptable, it's legal, it's convenient, it's easy to get. And um if you use it correctly, it's not harmful to you. But I think you also have to realize that the alcohol lobby in this country is huge. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I don't think that anyone is ever going to entertain stricter laws on alcohol uh, uh, uh because mm-hmm. of the the lobbyists in Washington will would would uh, be working overtime. You know, they, they, they. It just would not happen because there is so much money wrapped up in alcohol in this country. Well, know, it's more they,
4: than. It's control. You control a person's life, and, and all of you being counselors well, and seeing the people's effect on it, you see it. It grips their soul, or whatever you want to call it. I'm well, you know,
1: you're, ta- you're talking about an extreme case here, and yeah. my my oh, mission. Talking, my, uh, people, my mission. You're never mission, an
4: alcoholic until you mess up. You can you can Sid, drink as much as my, you want. You do your job mission, functionally in society. Sid, you're not a problem when you mess up. calling out the house.
2: Sid, I'm going to thank you for calling in. I have a couple more callers I'm going to take. Thank you. Okay, so we have uh, another caller on the line. Sure. I want to see who's calling in. Thanks. Hold on a second. Hi, caller. Hi, Monica. Yes, who's this? This is Patsy. Patsy, how you doing there? Are You calling into the show? Uh, do you want to do you want to ask a question or you want to just listen?
0: No, I was listening. I wanted to ask her a question because she seems to think that they that you can have moderation. But yes. I feel that in your family, like uh if you have the disease, it's gonna go down the line unless you completely stop the alcohol or the drug use or anything. I'm not sure that the person that has it um the genetic um I think it goes by genetics about alcoholism and I don't feel that if um uh, you drink moderately, that you can get away with doing that. if You you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know if I'm
2: coming across that correctly. Yeah, Donna, you want to address it? This is a childhood yeah. friend of mine. It's so nice to hear from you. So, Donna, you, can you answer, and then I'd like to say something, too. So yeah, ahead,
1: yeah. Well, well, you know, this is one of the first questions that I ask a person. I, I ask them what, what if they think that there is a genetic predisposition in their family uh, when it comes to alcohol abuse and that is usually two or more close people in your family, close relatives in your family, if they have drinking problems, Mm -hmm. then that Mm -hmm. might indicate a, a genetic predisposition. And what I say to them, I say, you know, I say, that you might have a genetic predisposition for alcoholism here, and I'm so glad that you called and I'm so glad that you're you want to do something about your your drinking before it becomes a problem most people well, don't most people don't realize that that most alcoholics do not happen overnight; it mm-hmm. takes years to become oh, an alcoholic for most people oh I absolutely They're, I agree you know, I'm ten
0: years clean or more. But I have an 18-year-old daughter mm. who totally is against drinking whatsoever, which I'm thankful for because she sees what happens in the family or her friends that have gone down the bad road. And, I, you know, and I always say, you know, you can have a drink or two, but she says, Well, why? I don't like it. I don't want to do it. So it's like, thank God I'm not passing it down the line. That's what oh, I'm just saying. Well, I, I, you know, I wish I could uh, drink moderately, but I just can't.
1: <laughs> any young any young person who does not want to drink i am fully behind that decision you know i never encourage anyone to start drinking or you know i i i don't encourage people uh, who have a genetic predisposition uh,
0: mm-hmm, to absolutely. to
1: i i and 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 especially if they're suffering from really serious problems because of alcohol it would not right. be responsible for me to do
2: I'm, right, Patsy, I'm I, I, glad that she decided not to. Th- there is something um, Amy Lee Coy wrote in the chat room, genetics do not control our hand-to-mouth movement. And, you know, well, a lot like you, Patsy, I was told by some people, like therapists, that this was genetic. And I don't think so. I, it's like my sons had the genetics for me to to play music and sing, but they're not going to take that. Like they have the gene that they could sing if they want, But maybe they're not going to be a singer and they're not going to pursue music. They're going to pursue science and politics or social change, even though genetically they have my genes, which says, you know, you could sing and you could have the ability to play an instrument. And this is the way Stanton Peel has explained it to me, that the disease concept, even AA didn't call it a disease. They called it a disease when they wanted the insurance companies and the government to pay uh, for rehab and tre- okay. treatment, right. which became a billion-dollar industry. So, my son, who was drinking kind of out of control, when I changed my attitude, my attitude, and stopped believing the hogwash or whatever hogwash that AA had taught me, and, and read all these other books, and said, "It is up to you." You are making a choice. You don't have a disease. It's bullshit. And so yeah. you either choose drinking and drinking or your family, and you actually need to read some books on moderation. And I didn't even know about you know Donna yet, and I just started to be told about Kenneth, but I was talking like to Gunther and other people and reading these other books. And I think if you already know you don't want to drink, and you okay. say, well, I've seen what happened to Grandpa, you know, or my dad, right, who became homeless yeah. and lost everything. That there, that fear is there. But my father was also not ever given a choice. My father was not given maybe an antidepressant or some pill that would have helped yeah. him because it turned out he did have a mental illness. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah you know, developing a drinking problem and alcoholism is most often a, a case an a, a complex interaction of internal and external uh factors and uh we we can count maybe a genetic predisposition for for alcoholism as just one factor you know it, and and you do have a choice mm-hmm. what i tell people oh. that that do have that do come from a family where alcohol abuse is is obvious that uh that it, this is a good time for you to call, and, uh, and this is a very good for, thing for you to be extra vigilant about because it runs in mm-hmm. your family. That's right. And so yeah, you have, you right. have, you have you. to be extra careful. When I,
0: when I drank, I'll tell you, I loved it. I mean, I would drink and drink, and I really, really loved it, and that's one thing I miss. I miss it wholeheartedly, with, you know, but I, just, <laughs> I choose not to do it because I don't want to go down that road. But that's my choice, you know. You know, uh, so we're calling, call in and say hi, and I, I'm watching oh, this Oh, it's so show. nice to hear from you. Put my,
2: yeah, no, it's I so, so nice. I just can't get it on it's there like and you. put my voice, my opinion, talking you on know, it, so I have to call you.
1: All right, I'm well, so guys. glad.
2: Thank you, Patsy, for calling. I love you. Good luck, and okay, take care. Okay, bye, sweetie. Oh, oh. that's your childhood friend who I did drink with. We <laughs> <laughs> drank beer together, and... Got drunk together in Inwood Park, and um, but we have another caller on the line. So first, I want to tell everybody again who we're talking to, and I'm so happy, happy to have Donna Cornett um, with us on the line. I think I'd like to have you back again. She has written oh, four books: you. Seven Weeks to Safe Social Drinking, Beat um, Binge Drinking, um, Binge Drinking, Sorry, Moderate Drinking Naturally is another book, and Moderate Drinking Made Easy Workbook. And you can reach her at one eight 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 one eight 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 seven seven drink. But the easiest thing I do love your um your website and it's called drinklinkmoderation.com. dot com. And so we are here taking calls and talking about, you know, moderation. It's not um everybody doesn't need black and white and never drink forever. And here we have another caller on the line. Hi, caller.
3: Hello, Monica, it's Kevin.
2: Hey, do you want to just listen, Kev, or do you have a question or something you want to say to Donna? This is my husband, Kevin, Donna. Oh! <laughs> Hello.
3: Hi. I just came in late. No, no, I just love to listen.
2: Oh, okay. So we'll put you back on hold, sweetie, okay? Okay,
3: then.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's important to, to note that I think everybody has to figure out the, their own path. You know, my, I I teach moderation for people who want to moderate their drinking, if they want to stop drinking, that's fine with me. You mm-hmm. know, whatever whatever works for you, as long as you do it. <laughs> it right. Instead of, you know, I, I have seen the effects of alcoholism firsthand. My sister died a year and a half ago of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. She died of she died of pancreatitis and cirrhosis of the liver and it wow. was a long, excruciating death. Wow. And uh, and so I I have no qualms. I, mm-hmm. I have no qualms with abstinence. I've seen the devastation of alcoholism firsthand. Right, right, right. So so yeah, you know, I'm not hmm. pushing out uh, moderation on anyone
2: right right wow i I am so sorry, um my father died in in yeah. on, you know, eight you know oh, from my the same thing, but let me ask you so with you with your sister and with your knowledge of um i guess of uh, moderation, did she ever want help or try to get help, or did she never want help and never get it?
1: She never wanted help
2: mm-hmm.
1: in fact, if you offered her help, she would be more rebellious than ever. Mm-hmm. And drink and drug more than ever mm-hmm. and uh it brings me to an interesting point about why women behave this way, mm-hmm. and I realized in researching my for my new book that women drink for totally different reasons, well a lot of different reasons than men, and one factor why women who really Get into alcohol and drugs is that many women who who go this route have some kind of childhood traumatic experience. Well, uh, often, yeah. often sexual sexual abuse.
2: Mm-hmm. You know. Well, don't you think the men? Like I know a lot of guys that are um, you know in program and where program hasn't worked that had childhood abuse, both sexual and physical um, violence in the home. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they later in life, whether they became it at teenagers or, you know, in their 20s, started to really act out, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with drugs and alcohol sort of to numb the pain. Somebody wrote here, though, um, there's a question here that I think Gunther wrote, environment could be a factor. So he's a male blogger that I know. How does one know if they are a good candidate for moderation? Is there some type of criteria or test that you can give yourself?
1: Well, actually, I I kind of follow the the American Psychological Association uh, criteria for alcohol abuse versus alcoholism, and alcohol abuse is uh, basically you, you're not having too many problems, you're not having health problems,
3: mm-hmm. you
1: may be uh, worried about your drinking, like my, like like I was uh in in fact if you bear with bear with me one minute I can tell you exactly what what the criteria is line per line because it is in 7 7 weeks to save social drinking mm-hmm. and and the the American the American Psychiatric Association uh uh criteria for for problem drinking or alcohol abuse is right a maladaptive pattern of substance use drinking leading to clinically significant impairment or stress as manifested by one or more of the following uh, symptoms occurring within a 12-month period. And the the num- one symptom is recurrent alcohol use, resulting in a failure to fulfill major obligations mm-hmm. uh, at work, school, home, um, uh, missing work, missing mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. not doing things that you should be doing at home. Right. A a second uh, symptom is recurrent alcohol use in situations in which it is physically hazardous to drink, like drinking and driving or operating machinery. When you're impaired by alcohol,
2: yeah, really operating heavy that, that
1: might be a bad thing. <laughs> that might be a really bad
2: thing, right? Um, uh,
1: and third is uh, a third symptom would be recurrent alcohol-related legal problems, DUI, mm. stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. And the fourth symptom would be continued alcohol use despite having persistent or recurrent social or interpersonal problems caused by exacerb- caused by or exacerbated. By the effects of alcohol arguments with your your friends or your partner or uh relationship problems with kids mm-hmm. stuff like that so if you have if you have uh one or more of these symptoms, then you would probably be considered an alcoholic or an al- uh, an alcohol abuser or a problem drinker mm-hmm. A- mm-hmm. It versus uh, uh if you the the criteria for alcohol dependence or alcohol uh alcoholism is a maladaptive pattern of substance use leading to clinically significant impairment or distress um, as manifested by three or more of the following at any time in a 12month period and basically there are many of the same symptoms that we talked about for alcohol for for uh, problem drinking only if you have three of these symptoms um, uh, then then you you're probably an alcoholic Three or more symptoms. One of them is tolerance, which is you need more alcohol to get high. Mm-hmm. Two is withdrawal. When you don't drink, you you're, you have physical problems, uh, tremors, sweating, nausea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, three, uh, uh, alcohol is often taken in larger amounts or over over a longer period in to- mm-hmm. uh, period than you intend. Four is a persistent desire or unsuccessful efforts to cut down or control alcohol use.
2: Mm.
1: Five, a great deal of time is spent in activities necessary to obtaining alcohol or recovering from its effects,
0: like mm. a hangover. Right.
1: Uh, six is important social, occupational, or, or recreational activities are given up or reduced because you'd rather drink instead. Mm. Um. Mm-hmm uh seven is alcohol use is continued despite having a persistent or recurrent physical or psychological problem that is likely to have been caused or exacerbated by alcohol.
2: Right. I so, think you he answered it for Gunther, is just kind of repeating what you're saying here by saying, um, and if you want, I'll read it to you, so what he wrote in the chat room. So someone who is alcohol dependent should not try moderation. Someone who just abuses alcohol May want to consider moderation.
1: Exactly. Uh, yeah. I take, on, I take on problem drinkers, alcoholics. Right. No. Are, are it, it's just much more serious, and and uh, uh, moderation. That's my gig. Um, yeah,
2: and uh, you know I think we have um, about three and a half minutes left. I uh, really want to thank you so much for being on my show again. We're we're talking to Donna Cornett who is the founder and director of uh, drink drinklink uh moderate drinking programs a very very affordable uh, program you could call her for a free no obligation 15 minute phone coaching session um and uh you know i i think it must be really sad for like pilots and doctors and like if they just get one dui oh, they're yeah. getting sentenced i heard that nurses get sentenced for 5 years um to meetings uh, it's really it's really yeah. gotten everybody is not an alcoholic who gets one DUI yeah
1: yeah you know
2: it's just uh, it's yeah.
1: and i think my my main message monica is mm-hmm. as soon as you think that you might be having a problem with alcohol start doing something about it mm-hmm. don't don't sit around don't sit mm-hmm. around and wait and fret and continue mm-hmm. drinking. Mm-hmm. Well, as soon as you think that there's a problem, you start proactively going out and looking into options that that will help you to figure out why you're drinking too much and mm-hmm. and to help you manage your drinking better.
2: Mm, I wanted to, they're thanking you in the chat room. Um, I really really appreciate it. I think all of us uh, know somebody who probably isn't an alcoholic who is in AA mm. and or. I mean I'm just getting the word out. I, I think mm. that it's really empowering what you're doing and um uh, the books look beautiful. I'm gonna order them and we'll have you on again. So again, um everybody, I wanna thank you. We're gonna to talk to uh Dennis, a blogger from Orange um from Orange Papers, who grew up in Alcoholics Anonymous. He's gonna tell his story, he wrote it, he's gonna um be my guest and I'm gonna maybe get one or two more. And I I look forward to um, you and I talking again, Donna. Yes. I want to thank everybody uh, for joining us in the chat room. Again, you can get her book, I think, on Amazon. Is it on Amazon?
1: Yeah, they're all on Amazon. Everywhere. Uh,
2: So it's really Donna Cornett. And I want to thank all the callers in, everybody who called in, and we will see you again next week. Okay. Good night.
1: Thank you, Monica.
2: Thanks so much, daughter. Thanks, everyone, for calling in. Take care. Okay, you too.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No,
4: Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.